So welcome to a uh, special edition of whatever this is, the Discipio podcast. Uh, now that the uh, Cubs season has mercifully come to an end and the Bears did whatever they did in London, I am going to occasionally intersperse the regular podcast with conversations with some of my favorite people. And so I'm going to start with a guy who's not just my favorite NBA writer, but one of my favorite writers of anything, um, Mr. Kelly Dwyer. So, Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for saying such kind things, Andy. That that means the world to me. I'm 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 slightly taken aback, and then some kittens just brought me right back to the future. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thank you for having me on. I I I'm sorry about the Cubs, but but boy howdy, were they a scary baseball team for everyone else for a few years. Yes. Well, you are you're like the one Cardinal fan I can tolerate. So. Um. I, I mean, I'm just trying to be one of the good ones, and it turned out I'm just the good one. <laughs> the good one, yeah. It's very singular. Um, so, well, before we get to this, I think we both got our start writing on the interwebs at the same place. Am I right? Yeah, I think so, because I didn't write anywhere else before this place, or that place. That place. So, for people who don't know, which is probably everybody... Um, Back in 1996, I started sending pretty bad writing into this site called onhoops.com, and they let me keep writing until I got better. Um, And then not long after the original creators of that site and I went off on a fool's errand to Seattle, there was a new group of people, which included you, I believe I have that right. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think it was right after that because <clears throat> it was myself and a couple of Australians telling tale of the last group that was way better than us that, that somehow may have tried to uh, uh, found a way to make money off this. But uh, yeah, I started up in, in 97 with some terrible piece about the Dallas Mavericks and defending Jim Clemens, their coach, for a week. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful website. It was, if you typed NBA into Alta Vista back then, not a joke, <laughs> just what I was doing. Uh, it would be like one of maybe like five websites that would come up. It would be like Sportsnet and CBS and NBA.com and on hoops and like Nando net and oh, maybe yeah. some other, maybe sporting news or something like that. But it was, it was recognized early because it was the only place out there. So it was, it was a blog before a blog and let's never call it a blog. I remember my first joke. It was awful. Actually, I don't remember the setup. I only remember the punchline, which is even better. But it's when Shaq Fu was a thing, and I made a joke that Pooh Richardson should be Pooh Fu. <laughs> and I remember that uh, Brock Anderson was a guy who read it and thought, oh my, I was like the first person to ever send them anything. And I'm like, oh God, if it's all going to be this bad, we should just give it up. But <laughs> thankfully they didn't. Um I mean, these were the Oprah Uma days. You were just, uh, you know, part of part of, of the, the the cutting edge of the status quo. Yeah, that's you a could have gotten a job on Everybody Loves Raymond for that. <laughs> yeah, and boy, didn't I try. Um, okay, so you are, as I alluded to, you are still actively writing, um, and. Well, I'm going to get to your podcast in a minute because there's, I enjoy it all the time. And there's one particular thing you did recently that I really enjoyed. But if after they hear this and they hear how how funny and insightful you are, and they're like, you know, why do we have to put up with Andy when we can just listen to Kelly? How can people read and listen to you? Uh, the, the website is tsa.substack.com. The, the site's called The Second Arrangement. And it's just uh, emails that I send out to people about the NBA all the time. Uh, right now, I'm in the middle of previewing every 30 team <clears throat> as lightly and breezily as I can possibly do. And it's five bucks a month, and it's a lot of fun. The occasional free episode that we got to put up, you can just go sign up for those. But we, yeah, we have a podcast called Never Too Much that I, I, I just started this year, and I try to keep it short and, and brief because people listen to a lot of podcasts at two and a half times the speed. Uh, and that's, that's a, that's a lot of fun too. It comes with the whole, uh, the whole package. So you, you've been doing, as you've been publishing the team previews, you've been doing like seven to 10 minute podcasts to go with them. And I was listening to the Bucks one the other day and you were apparently 
in a wildlife preserve, and a lady came up to you and started talking to you during the podcast, which I very much enjoyed. A woman in a van, yes. I, I'm not sure how much of that was audible because I was too embarrassed to hear, but uh, uh, yeah, she uh, had was in a van, a, a, an Astro van from the early 90s. Oh, nice. And uh, it was definitely a church van. It was it said something about that on the side and, and, and a few of the accompanying bumper stickers. And uh, she was uh, Gladys, straight out of Central Casting, uh, uh, you know, just a, almost a spitting image of, uh, of Dave Letterman's mom, as you would expect out here in Indiana. <laughs> Yes, it was it was amazing, and I love okay, the fact cool. that I love the fact that it was left in, and I like okay. the fact that well, you you play your own guitar intros and outros in the in the episodes. It's very nice. Yeah, my guitar is always on me, so it's it it just uh, makes sense to have my crutch there right in front of me as as I'm as I'm laying these down. It's uh, someday I'll I'll, I'll actually uh, decide to write down and think think about what I'm going to play before the. Uh, podcast starts but that means i'd have to think about what's on the podcast before it starts and then that's just a whole new brand of energy i don't want to get into but but yeah i have i have fun trying to be tasteful with my licks okay so i thought we would uh there's a novel idea i thought we'd talk about the nba and then see whatever else comes up um so my first question for you is is jim boylan crazy oh he's crazy in love with these fellas on this basketball team andy (laughs) he's big into spirit which is yeah nice as a concept. I, I I I enjoy it, and if you have the good players to pull it off, you look like a, a guy that can get a feature in Sports Illustrated. Well, maybe not Sports Illustrated anymore. Right. You can get a Maven feature in February. <laughs> Be a nice slideshow with a video and uh, something about the Dallas Cowboys stuck in there for some reason. Yeah, he's a he's a. Uh, I, I'm not gonna say I've come around on him. <clears throat> it's just as a Chicago Bulls follower. I uh, you kind of have no choice to, because this team is rather set in its ways. And when it when it when it glides up and sidles alongside a fellow like Tim Floyd or Boylan or someone else from Iowa, they just they don't <laughs> let go until they can't help but let go, unless they get beat by sixty one points in Minnesota someday, and they fire him on Christmas. But I don't think this guy's gonna be fired on Christmas because he's got a good team. He's got an okay team. Yes, an okay. I would agree with that. He's got an okay team. I did think it was nice that the Bulls built a roster that could play uh, the way Fred Hoiberg wants to. And Fred's in Nebraska. Yes, that was very genuine and kind of them to actually put a pace and space team together with a Wildcat offense quarterback and Kobe White diving down the middle of it. And Fred is off somewhere in a, in a kid named Thad's living room trying to convince him that he, oh, no, we're, you know, we're going to try to get fit 10 guys in this year. That's about right. So, the Bulls have, you're right, they have some interesting players. The The move, I think, that gave me the first glimpse of of hope in a long time was the Otto Porter trade, which, what I liked about it was, it was them basically saying, look, we know that free agents aren't going to want to come here right now, so let's use a couple of players we don't want to keep and copious amounts of cap room, and let's actually go get a useful player. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, they nailed it. And because they are, to their credit, they're good at finding talent sometimes. A lot of the time, uh, they were able to dig on Otto Porter just in this hellish situation in Washington that he was just dying to become a stretch four. And uh, and lo and behold, he came and hit something like 98.2% of his threes as a bowl last year. <clears throat> they were doing uh, whoever's uh, uh, you know available enough to do stats during preseason games was talking about how there's absolutely no uh, mid-range two-pointers for the Bulls in their offense this year. They, they have like one or two of those shots per game, whereas last year was like more than one or two, several, several, whatever a lot is, too many you know long two-pointers. The kids don't like them. The analytics say no. But so I'm I, I'm coming around on boiling, and yeah, when they keep stockpiling good players, it, it, I guess the spirit is sound. But Porter was the beginning of that. He's a pro in his prime, and it's going to be uh, fun to see some uh, you know capability at the United Center. I also liked what they did in free agency, and um, Sadaransky. I was like, I like that guy. I like that guy because I. Picked him up during the season and my fantasy team. I'm a man in his 40s, still playing NBA fantasy basketball. And I liked him. And I remember thinking, going into, you know, this is a guy the Bulls could use. And then lo and behold, it's not just the guy the Bulls could use. It's a guy the Bulls actually got. 
And then you have an, being in Indiana, you have an up close look at Thad Young. And that seemed like a smart thing. Oh, yeah. He's in the drive throughs late at night. He's always very nice. He turns his car off so the exhaust isn't going. <laughs> he's he's a good guy to have in your town. Um, he's a tremendous basketball player. I can't um, – he was so destructive defensively for Indiana last year. He was just Johnny on the spot in, in every play that seemed to count for that team. And uh, Bulls fans will love him. The issue is he's not going to play that much. But he'll be losing time to this uh, – this seven foot guy that can shoot out of his tail and, and uh, this nouveau uh, stretch forward they have in Porter. That's going to be lots of fun. But in the meantime, you know, he's going to, I wish he'd been around for, for, uh, for Bobby Portis. I wish he'd been around for, uh, for anyone for McDermott, just to, just to get some sort of, uh, they, they haven't had a guy like this since, since they got rid of Taj and it's, it's going to be, uh, he's, he's an interesting player. I almost wish he was on a different team because uh, <laughs> he's just, he, Oh, he deserves to have that yeah. sort of uh, year in the sun with a champion. Instead, he's just going to be just for the nerds to love in Chicago again. But uh, you know, our our, our game is uh, I don't know Golden Denver's loss or something. I don't know who's going to win the championship this year. I, I, I can't tell. I have an answer by the end of the show. Oh, good. That that'll be. I'll be waiting for that. Uh, yeah, I did think it was funny that um, well, there were even rumors that the Bulls would try to go bring Taj back, and then they get a. A younger version of Taj, although Taj was never a younger version of Taj, wasn't Not he? Like, wasn't he like twenty six when he came out of USC? So he's yeah, all, he was Taj was always age. old. He was always old Taj, and it showed. <clears throat> he had no respect for the Heat because back in his day they didn't put together super teams, and uh, he he was terrible in Oklahoma City because he wasn't a dunker. He's a beast, beast with the Knicks now, and and. Uh, Oh God! He really should have signed with the Bulls. I uh, I was also high on uh, Kobe White, mostly because of the hair, and I remembered him from North Carolina and thought that's pretty good. Um, the only downside on him seems to be uh, short arms. Is that? I guess that's a thing. If you're six five and your arms are, I don't know what are they like eighteen inches each. I mean, is this a, is this a clinical problem that he's got, or is it? I, I... I don't know. I mean, I th- I think they're if you're in the NBA, they're probably a problem for any height. But yeah, that's alarming. After after watching highlights of Michael Jordan and his arm length hand uh, palm the basketball for a few years, that's that's a little alarming. But like he's he's not boring, and the Bulls bring in boring players every year. Even when they were good, it was like Luol Deng, Ben Gordon. You know, we tried with Tyrus Thomas. And it, and it seemed like it was going to be fun, and it seemed like we had one of those guys that wore their headbands, and we wouldn't let him wear his headband. And, and uh, you know, Kobe, he spells his name the right way. There's no K involved there. I'm I, short arms or not, I'm I'm on board with him. Well, I would just I would like to applaud Pax and Gar and Pax for finally getting Shaq and Kobe. They've got him. <laughs> they've got him on the roster. It may be Kobe White and Shaq Harrison, but it still counts. I know we dreamt about it, you know, a decade plus ago. But it's Jack Harrison happened. may have the longest arms on that roster. Well, there we go. So, is there? No. Could you swap just one arm each? So maybe no. Shaq's left-handed, right? No. So and he Andy. gives Kobe his left arm. Kobe gives him, and then no. It's all about the cap. We talked about this. It's <laughs> all salary stuff. Damn it! It wouldn't. It, you'd have to run that by the league beforehand. Yeah, and there's see, no way that's getting through. So it's a I rocket just, situation. Yeah, I don't know all these intricate rules. Yeah, I didn't, that's why I'm I didn't realize that. how. Uh, limb exchanges was also covered under the cap. Houston just tried to guarantee Nene's left arm this year. They wanted the th- other third <laughs> three quadrants to be unguaranteed, and the NBA was like, no, that's not circumventing the cap. Well, that's more of those, and you're going to lose a draft pick. That, that Daryl Morey, he's always arms. thinking. Hey, I, I haven't paid a lot of attention, but I saw that Daryl Morey had to f- the Rockets made him formally apologize, and I saw a picture of him, and I assumed he was apologizing for that beard. Which is, oh, he kept the beard with the apology. Wow. I don't. Well, I don't know. It was a still photo of him. It could have that's been an archive photo. But that's a yeah. That's right. It could be some sort of Terry Anderson situation. I, 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 I don't know if I trust that. I think when you're trying to make GMs that look like Kenny Rogers, you, <laughs> it's it's a cry for help. That could be could be. <clears> an issue. Excuse me. We're just bringing up websites from 18 years ago. 
that I still <laughs> that I still reference once I have, a week. Yeah, I have a, there's so many people that live, like look like Kenny Rogers where I live. I have it bookmarked. I have uh, I don't have to go to is a Vigoda alive anymore because unfortunately he's not. But I checked it every day for a very long time. I did have to check that recently too. It's like he he's not still, he he didn't. Okay, no, that's right. I yeah. genuinely did. It was like. Oh yeah, he did. Oh, there are okay. days I wake up and think that didn't really happen. Then I check, and <laughs> unfortunately, it did. Um, did you think this was a good sign for the for the uh, short term future of the Bulls that they have? They have media day. They break the guys up into pairs, and um, um, when guys were talking to Zach, pretty much all of his questions were about: Are you going to be in the dunk contest? That's this is not a basketball town right now. I mean, I I think. Anyone could agree. This is not <clears throat> the Bulls haven't hired a beat writer yet for the Chicago Tribune, or is it the other way around? Mm. <laughs> uh, it's 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 not a basketball uh, crazed sport right now. So, just the news that Zach Levine was at one point in the dunk contest is just going to remind people who he is. That's all. That's all they need right now is just oh, he's the one they have that's in the dunk that was in the dunk contest, but not when he was in the Bulls. And the long hair with the blonde hair, and no, he's not here. Any oh, the crazy out. No, he's gone. But they've got no. It's, this is all about reminding people and having people maybe tune in in in, in January at some point. So I, I I don't mind the soft line of questioning because goodness gracious sakes alive, Paxson and Foreman will take it. Team beat stuff. Yeah, because what else are you gonna talk to Zach about? I mean, we've seen the, the him and his dad the crazy workout regimen in the backyard. Which looks like a, it looks like the roof blew off of a Chuck E. Cheese, and he's just playing with whatever's left, jumping on things and jumping in the sand, all kinds of weird stuff. Um, but what are you going to ask him other than, you seem like you try to play defense. Why are you so bad at it? It's it's actually it's a skill to be in the it's as hard to be in the wrong spot all the time as it is to be in the right spot all the time. How does he not get more credit for that? It's incredible for someone as talented as him to be as bad at defense. I just all of a sudden want to know what he did with all the tickets he got from that Chuck E. Cheese. That he's <laughs> got to be up in like the twelve to fourteen hundred. He's I, I, he's got an extensive collection of slap bracelets. <laughs> Maybe the biggest one in North America. So yeah, that's right. I mean that whole nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety Vogue is back, and then he's he's right on the, uh, the the Depeche mode of high fashion. So I think he's yeah that 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 makes sense that he would dive in on that. Yeah, he 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 tries. He he really he's tried for a couple of years. They're like a year and a half now. He tried two years ago. He's just oh, it's so bad, it's so bad. <laughs> it's, yes, that's what it is. Um, so what I did was it, I vast amounts of prep for this podcast. I wrote down uh, I wrote down a, a few things, but I also got to the bull section where we kind of are now. And I was writing guys' names down and putting little notes next to them. And this is what I wrote next to Lowry Markinen. I just love that guy. That was all I wrote. So I'm I'm in with the Finn. Yeah, <clears throat> you should be. You should be. He's 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 delightful. Uh, the the best he can do now is just hit a crazy amount of his of his threes now. I almost call them fours because ah, we have one of those guys now. It's 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 marvelous. He's he's he wasn't also taken down by all the I think Wendell Carter being on that bench really helped him last year. He was he has not been beaten down by the the forces of that doom and gloom area they have down there. It is not he's 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 hung around for it and yeah, he's he's delightful. And the stronger he gets, the better his shot's going to be. He's going to hit crazier, nuttier Kevin Durant shots from all over the place. And it was it was a heck of a pickup. I only wish uh, his buddy Chris Dunn would his, the guy came with was anywhere near as productive. But yeah, marking that not folding last year, which a lot of you know sophomore slumps a thing. And uh, he kept his legs about him. He was fun to watch until they completely decided to tank the last month of the season. So speaking of Chris Dunn, am I wrong that he his entire game with the Bulls seemed to peak just about the time he landed on his face? <laughs> Did the dunk hung onto the rim a little too long? Lit, couldn't get his arms down. Literally landed on his mouth. Stayed in the game for a little bit, and then had to have like every two three organized. And Longest arms on the team, probably <clears throat> per per height per wingspan. I bet too. So would have thought he could have that... got one of those down to try to break his fall. 
That's but, probably the problem. Kobe all, White's going to be breaking falls all year. <laughs> well, that's what the hair is for. Um, but I, I'm only kind of half joking about that. I think maybe I was. It was just he was still kind of new, and he played hard. And I remember thinking this guy might be pretty good. And then he was. He missed. You know, as you would, you miss quite a bit of time when you land on your face, give yourself a concussion, loosen up all of your teeth. And it just never seemed to come back after that. Maybe I have the timing on that wrong, but I'm going to go. No, he he absolutely did not turn that corner last year. And it was, I mean, he's so inconsistent. You can't tell because it's only one and a half games at a time of, of good. But uh, again, frankly, I'd like to see him on another team because I do think he's an NBA player and he's just that sort of two way player that you, I mean, he's better for the triangle. This is not the triangle. I don't think anyone does the triangle. You can't You can't run those. I mean, he has to have some form of skill outside of pulling up like Sean Livingston from 14 feet and shooting a jumper. And, you know, um, he could hit a crazy amount of those this year. He could have an outsized year. And, uh, yeah, getting knocked out of action and having uh, uh, lights turn into something that makes your head hurt uh, is, a, is a big deal. So why not? But uh, I mean, like I can't imagine playing point guard for this team at any point in the last four years. It would have been ah, just just imagine the vo- the voices in your head with what they whatever the actor were trying to do with Hoiberg, whatever Boylan was trying to do with all those post ups, and uh, ah, it's I, I can't imagine. So good thing Tom Sanisanaransky's there to be in his thirties and and sensible. <laughs> so I, I no, I feel for the Dunn. I do, I do. Yeah, because they. Clearly, they would like for him to be at least show flashes again, so that he becomes tradable. Because I would think, I mean, there's not they've got they've got more guards than they got more everything than minutes right now. Which maybe does this fall into the if your team has two quarterbacks, it really doesn't have one. If your team has eleven rotation guys, it doesn't have a rotation. Is that yeah. is that yeah. is that equipped? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it feels like because no one's doing it in the NBA. No one's like going out there with eleven smiles and going, "Yeah, we play everyone. This is going to work." <clears throat> I, 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 the the Bulls, they traded Portis at like or this evening. They traded Miritich at like his all time. They haven't had good tr- timing with trades. They just they just haven't. And I don't know what they think they're going to get out of done, but I also know they want to make the playoffs this year, so they can't shovel minutes his way if he continues to stink it up because they want that playoff revenue back. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad they tried, didn't try to make a move for him during the draft or summer or whenever, because he's, he can play, let him play a little in November when no one else is playing hard. Well, I'm, I'm happy that I'm not going to feel conflicted in close games about whether I think they should win or not. Um, as I was the last couple of years, but and then of course it turned out that the, uh, we were rooting for the wrong thing because they inadvertently won. They didn't win enough games to get the first pick because mm-hmm. who knew how the lottery balls were going to fall. But this year, if they make the playoffs, great. That they're at a point of their development where that would be very beneficial to them. And if they just miss it, they got just as good a chance as anybody else to luck into. Of course, I don't even know what the prize would be if you get the first pick this year. But the whole idea, I guess, that part of trying to level out the odds for the lottery actually works because now it's you don't feel like oh crap you know they they won they won a couple of cheap games down the stretch and now they're screwed yeah Uh, that is one thing i didn't think of when they were trying to get rid of all the tanking i was like you know fans are behind that sometimes fans are smart they want the number one pick they know what they're doing they want to bottom out and by and large fans are like that but yeah like the bulls kept trying to tank last year it's like they don't have to lose all these games. It's it's okay. They even had a nice cushion, but they kept saving their players, which I guess good. No, no stress fractures. But yeah, that's that's just a wonderful side thing that you don't have to think twice about. You know, you can go root for the underdogs for once, and not have to worry that you can't get some guy from Duke that's you know still playing in free shoes. It's it's not like a it's it's not going to solve everything, and it's not the perfect one. And someone's going to get upset at something we haven't seen come down the pike yet. I don't know what it's going to be. But yeah, that's a fantastic point. It's just it was so much nicer last year if you remember that you know what it really probably does not make a lick of difference from night to night. Yeah, but I I was among the fans who was not in that camp and thinking, oh, they won again. That's bad. When it wasn't bad, and now we don't have to worry about that anymore. I suppose because they're just going to nonstop win this year. It's just going to be yeah. I mean, uh, I don't. 
I don't see more than a dozen losses on the schedule. I mean, <laughs> sixty. I think sixty and seventy-two seems like a pretty fair. Uh, maybe not. Are they serious? with a C. Are they serious about the idea that um, anybody can bring? If you get the ball, you you become the primary ball handler. That sounds like a first week of the preseason idea. That then you watch and go, no, that just doesn't work. Yeah, especially with a guy like Sadaransky, who's just, yep, I'll I'll go run this play <clears throat> exactly how it was drawn up to perfection, and then hold other people accountable when they're not in the right spots and doing the right things. So yeah, he's a he's a tremendous luxury to have, but also, come on, man, it's the '90s, it's hammer time, it's 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 a wide open game. Everyone can push, everyone can dream on green and up the court. And I don't know if I want Porter doing that because he's going to be dragging by the time he has to take a twenty-five footer. But yeah, anyone else, let it rip. Let it rip. You're the most dangerous guy in, in, with the ball for a while, and then you let it go, and people forget about you, and you got a three-pointer. Uh, but, yeah, that is 100%. Uh, I've, uh, you know, yes, we're definitely going to run this year, and, uh, yeah, he's he's totally lost 15 pounds. It's 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 something you say, but it's also this kind of shape you want your, your guys in. So, uh, you know, let it rip. These losses and these wins don't matter. We've established. Um, I will I will be honest that I forgot about Denzel Valentine until I saw something about him in the preseason. I'm like, oh, that's right. Denzel is still a thing. And I did think, it, it, by now, I think most people who would be remotely interested in this are interested in the NBA, so they, they heard this. But, um, you know, J.D. And, and Taz and Trey now have a podcast home, and they apparently named it after Denzel Valentine. They named it the No Dunks Podcast. For those who are incapable of getting over even the modern Sunday paper, which is 12 to 14 pages. Yeah, Denzel, he's not a thing. He isn't. <laughs> he has thing potential because he is talented at several things, but, but it, he's not. he hasn't discovered what he wants to do better than anything else or at an NBA level yet, and his poor ankles are betraying him left and right. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Jerry Krause pick. He's, he's just... He's a puppy that can do everything well, and 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 you like you okay. So what? He can't play in the NBA. It's uh, I I don't know. He, you know he's going to end up in Oklahoma City at some point. He's going to do great for one playoff series <laughs> there. Beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, I, I will say I think it. Well, it shows my my uh, my lack of attention that I pay to things. But um, you know, I saw him play at Michigan State. He was there. He was a four year player at State, at least yeah. three. And just because of his, I didn't pay that close attention, but just because of his game, I thought he was like 6'8". And then then the Bulls drafted him, like, wait a minute, what? Well, that's not going to work. I thought he had this, you know, kind of, the the game that he played, I'm like, that that won't work at that size. I thought Mm -hmm. he was taller. Send that back. (laughs) Did you save the receipt? You can just, you can tell the NBA, we're sorry, he's the wrong, we, we accidentally picked up the wrong size. Can we just give this back and exchange it for something else? But apparently, put Marquise Teague on top of his shoulders and send it back for Draymond Green, please. (laughs) Um, so kind of speaking, kind of of Bulls, former Bulls. Um, I'm constantly, I was going to say amused, but it's more bemused by Jimmy Butler's antics du jour. And the showing up at the gym at 3.30 in the morning before the first day of training camp was what, exactly? Other than Jimmy walking around with his pay-attention-to-me sign completely lit. Yeah, I mean, we... I used to work on a bar in Chicago that would would have a cleanup crew that would come by at 8 in the morning or 9 in the morning and clean up the, the, the show from the night before. And sometimes, and the boss of that crew was was a, had had a bit of a problem uh, with the bottle. And sometimes he'd show up like right after the show ended, and he kind of had not gone home yet, and he'd been and he wanted to put all the garbage away right away, just because he was in that sort of mood. And then we'd have to like you know just kind of leave him and let him and whatever. Jimmy Butler's kind of got that same spirit, but sober, and that's just weird. That's <laughs> that's not that's psychopath tweeting at crazy hours of the day stuff that's not it's it's he's he's perfect for pat riley they're gonna be they're gonna their bones are gonna be dust by april and uh and pat's gonna be happy 
and uh, because all their body fat is down. So, but that's that's our Jimmy. What's new with you? I'm showing up to work five and a half hours early, <clears throat> and I'm not angry at my boss. <laughs> oh, he's just angry that he, he's not going to be allowed to wear the ninja headband this year. How crazy is that? But I mean, he's he's going to be great. He's going to be real good for them, and it's not going to mean much because it's the East is, I don't know, it's hard to get out of that top bracket. But he's going to be really good for them, and other people are going to try it. And I just, I just wonder. It's like every time with this league you think we're out of the dumb things from like the ABA days, and then J.R. Smith throws a bowl of soup or something. It's just every time you think, of, you think we're past this, this crazy – no, we're we're all smart. There's 30 teams. Everyone knows what they're doing, and then like someone gets fired the day before the season starts. It's this is still the silliest league that we're having to tell the top players to not show up to work five hours before practice just to show that they can lift more weights than Myers Leonard. <laughs> so, what do we think? Um, what's a what's a bigger career killer? Dating a Kardashian or befriending one of the Wahlberg brothers? Because it really oh, seems wow. like Jimmy's. Everything went cuckoo about the time he started hanging out with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, but that's just, I'm trying to think of, but he's the only one. So that's, <laughs> that's true. That's a that's a Hindenburg bias. I mean, there, was anyone hanging out with Donnie on the Celtics <laughs> in like the early '90s? Or was there anyone? It was like a, I don't know, Dino Raja was early trying to you know star bleep someone. Rick Fox trying to hang out with him to try to like you know work his way up the chain. I mean, I would guess I, if Donnie Wahlberg was a big smoker, Dino was hanging out with him. Oh, that's I mean, right. Yeah, there was a guy. There was a guy who liked to light up at halftime, which is always they fun. knew all the places. Okay, well, I, I, it's working for Jimmy. He's getting lots of Instagram likes. He's in Miami getting to play basketball on a sign and trade, so we get to make as much money as he possibly can working for a fellow psycho and Pat Riley. It it worked for him. So I'm going to have to go the, the, the wall method on this one. I think this is a go. I think it should be emulated. Make friends with this five-foot weird three-nipple, uh, you know, beating someone in a, in a street person, and you will just be the best shooting guard on the, on the Miami Heat for a 46-win team. Well, I wonder if it works at any position, because maybe, maybe Cameron Payne can start hanging out with Mark Wahlberg. I mean, that would really kind of put it to the test. Ultimately, I suppose. I think I think Mark Wahlberg could actually beat Cameron Payne in a fight, and I, I think Cameron Payne would be like the only NBA player that would be possibly capable of losing Mark Wahlberg in a fight. Uh, I mean, Cam he was okay in Cleveland last year, but no, if the, the the Mark Wahlberg method can't make Hall of Famers out of everyone, it's it's gonna it's gonna top off. You're only yeah. gonna be 200 percent of what you used to be, and for Cameron Payne, that means like 12th man. Yeah, I suppose that's right. Because he's bad at basketball. So, this, it's always, sports in general are rife for hot takery these days. But this summer, we got a lot of the, how bad is it for the league that these big-time players want to team up and go play on, you know, and basically run the league, player empowerment, go where they want. And I kind of think, how is it, is it really is it really bad in any line of business that if an employer wants to hire you and a friend or somebody who you just want to be your friend I mean wouldn't most of us do that is is that really I didn't understand the angst other than the it was it's different it wasn't you know you get you get drafted by a team and you are basically stuck there forever and as a fan you can feel comforted that that guy's never going to leave it, that just seems kind of boring to me. Yeah, and also like remember that the teams that traded these players are they they wanted to do this. I mean, Sam Presti saw the same Oklahoma City Thunder that we saw last year, and how far how good it was at times, but how everything had to go perfect for them even to kind of maybe have a chance. And uh, he traded Paul, Paul Paul George and Kawhi could be out of there in a couple of years. And he traded he got all the draft picks in the world plus uh, Chris Paul's in a, as a you know point guard in, in trade bait uh, for a guy that just had two shoulder surgeries and w- they topped it out. They'd absolutely topped it out. So it 
for most of these superstars moving, first of all, it's not every summer too because you don't always get the you know big blockbuster summer. This was a blockbuster yeah. summer. But all these ones where it's, it's, it's these big superstars traded from disgruntled areas, the team that usually ends up doing the trade is, ends up very happy with what they did. I mean, even the KG trade, Al Jefferson tearing his knee right after it. They're still happy with the haul they got. They were going to get to get out of that purgatory and get this to start over. So I don't want to cry on the behalf of the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, for that reason, let alone uh, you know all the accurate statements you made. I did think it was funny that there were people who were like, well, sure, the Thunder got all those draft picks, but you know, they've, they've still got to do something with them. And I remember thinking, well, it's almost like the guy who has all the picks now at one time in his career drafted <laughs> Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook in some order, back to back to back. So maybe you could trust him with those picks. It's, That's call me it, crazy. It's, I don't know, if they want to feel angry. It's, it, it, it always shifts toward ownership. They want to feel angry on their behalf. I get it. It's just, you know, ask Thunder fans. If Thunder fans are still dying for a, a regroup of that team from last year, they're crazy. They may win as many games this year with, with Danilo Gallinari and Chris Paul running pick and roll under times. Well, I mean, they are people who live in a town on purpose that, that smells like dog food. So It's so beautiful around there. It's so beautiful to drive around there. But the dog food thing, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, got, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I just, I couldn't smell it. I'm sorry. You couldn't smell it? I couldn't smell the dog food smell. Either that or it reminded me of, of, of something from my past, even though there haven't been many dogs. So that, you know, maybe it smells like my old aunt's house. I don't know. So I'm happy driving in or out of Oklahoma City. I think it's a, it's a wonderful town, and I think its team was stolen from Seattle. Yes, and that's I. I mean, on a on a practical level, I under I understood why it might happen when they when the Sonics were sold to a guy who just happened to live in Oklahoma, <laughs> and oh no, I'm not going to move the team. And then a year later, he got him out of there. But it, it was it was an insult to, um, well, aesthetics number one because they gave up those awesome Sonics colors and uniforms for whatever those, you know, rec league things that the Thunder have been wearing forever. Uh, but also, like I mean, the colors from when you, like we get a baseball <coughs> themed birthday card. And when you were six, like <laughs> the team colors would look like the Thunder colors. Sorry, I interrupted. No, I wasn't. I'm glad you bailed me out. Cause my thought was going nowhere, which happens. It's, they, a they, lot. They, it's like the guys from Oklahoma city. The, the team that just <clears throat> had the Hornets in it and, and played to Rapturous's audience and the big sold-out crowds, that team, you just sold this team from Seattle to a guy from Oklahoma City. Ah, it, and just no one would, would, could do anything. It was just thievery. It was thievery. They sold it to a guy from Oklahoma City. Then that guy moved him to Oklahoma City. Sorry, I'm frustrated. Yes, it did seem like it. It was, uh, you had to suspend common sense and disbelief to think that wasn't going to happen the minute that it happened. I will also say that maybe it's my faulty memory for natural disasters and their aftermath, or just my faulty memory in general, but it took me a good 20 minutes after I heard that Chris Paul was going to Oklahoma City to remember that he had already played one entire season in that city. I had somehow completely forgotten that that had happened. I totally forgot that until you told me. And I was just imaging him in my brain 45 seconds ago while thinking back to that half year. <clears throat> so, yeah, I'm, I'm, they made out. They, <clears throat> you know, Paul George was great last year. He was an MVP type. He was maybe the defensive player of the year for three quarters of the season. They got a million draft picks. They're fine. They capped out last year. They saw what was what, and everyone made the smart decision, and everyone's happy. Right. Well, they also traded a guy who was, yes, a great player for them last year, but also, um, I don't know if he can yet. Can he raise his arms above his head yet? Because that, I think, is somewhat important, in certainly in, in NBA basketball. I think probably at any level of basketball, the ability to use your shoulders to lift your arms above your head seems kind of key. It, 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 it is. Well, it's dependent, as always, on 
<clears throat> whether or not it's soon enough for us to make John McCain jokes. But until we get a, a better diagnosis on Paul George, yeah, they they have a good team around them. They got a <clears throat> they are not a the typical you know superstar top on the bottom terrible on the bo- on the bottom thing going on there. They've got some okay players around them. They got Mo Harkless. They have. You know, they could keep him out to Christmas and be fine. It's just they don't want to because that could be a really good team. Yes, it could be a great team. Plus the fact that, say, they have to sit him for half a season while he recovers from both, from surgeries on both shoulders. He then becomes a guy that they only have for a year and a half. Yeah, it's crazy. But, but <clears throat> sit him because we don't know anything. And he did not look right last year. And... If he gets going on a slow streak, his it's Paul George. His whole year could be shot. He could be doing the Scottie Pippen thing where he's not trying to get to the line. <clears throat> I'd go real easy and slow with him, but I kind of trust Lawrence Frank. I kind of trust Doc Rivers, the guys at Spago that managed to put these two together. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's no guarantee. It's, 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 it's weird how dubious I am for such a talented team, but it's, it does feel different than those big Laker or Heat teams or even the Cavs teams. It does feel like this is something that could coalesce rather quickly. Yeah. And it, you're right. It does, nothing that happens to them before April really matters. Yeah. So make sure he's you know, fully functional before you throw him out there on the court. They, for some random reason, get a first, second-round series with the Lakers. That's going to be seven games with the Laker fans anyway. So <clears throat> it's going to be a weird postseason, but luckily they have – you know, the horse that runs with blinders on and, and Mr. Leonard. It, 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 it just doesn't matter to him just as long as he can kind of capably get some shots off. So, yeah, they are really – they're going to be so good at defense. It's going to be – if they can get away with stuff defensively, it's, it's going to be lights out for those guys. It's, 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 a, it's a pretty rock-solid formation. It's, it's, you, you wish Johnny Bach was around to coach it. Hmm. I just wish Johnny Bach was around in general. Um, give us insight on how to dress. That man could wear a duster. <laughs> uh, so the Laker roster is weird. And I don't know what else to say about it other than it's weird. I understand why it's weird because they, um, they had to wait. It, you know, even if, even if the chance to get Kawhi was small, it was worth waiting. But then they ended up kind of having to cobble the, a large hunk of the roster together with whatever was left. So, yeah, but that was it? also they traded for the best center in a generation. Yes, absolutely, that was this. This is not their uh, uh, you know big swing and miss after they get. Uh, okay, so they they kind of whiffed on. They kind of brought everyone back. It wasn't a big. The whole thing about them last year was like, and this time around, they're not, we're not going to see JaVale McGee or Rajon Rondo anymore, <laughs> and that's not all we have. Plus Danny Green, who is, he plays like he's 110 years old. And DeMarcus Cousins, who's going to miss the entire year. And Jared Dudley, who's fantastic to have write a book about this team. I really wanted to write a book about this team. Uh, but but also, who cares? Because it, it's just going to be minutes upon minutes of LeBron and uh, and Mr. Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to throw a bake sale for the Lakers or anything. It's they did start at one point. They only had three players on your on their roster, and two of them were probably two of the five best players in the league. So, yeah, that's probably all right. So, I got a couple of Knicks questions for you. Um, did they? Are there any power forwards left that they can get? Because that's quite an impressive collection of mediocre power forwards that they have. Oh, oh I do they like or power the, forwards. Although I do like Julius Randle, but it just seemed like they just kept adding anybody, anybody six nine or taller who would just take their money. Yeah, it was it was incredible. It's like the, people started making jokes about how they all they did was go out and sign or trade for power forwards, and then they signed a couple more power forwards after that. It, it, it's they got Marcus Morris to come in. Their rookie last year, Kevin Knox, kind of trends to be a power forward. <laughs> They have Bobby Portis, they have Julius Randle, they have Taj Gibson, they have Mitchell Robinson, who, without a scorecard, kind of 6'9-ish, looks like a power forward. It's, it's, it was, wow, they're just, they're just a joke. You think it's, it's too lame to be? No, it's not going to be that bad. They're going to get some super, they're not going to get Mari Stoudemire out of this, they're going to get something. And they signed a bunch of power forwards to two-year contracts with one-year options and, and, 
and they're going to send the most exasperated man in the world out to coach him and David Fisdale. And uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just absurd how I, and they got Kevin Durant who everyone in the world makes fun of destroying them on the first day of media day and, and not telling anything, uh, you know, out of line They're They are not cool. These knickerbockers. It is uh Oh boy. It is, it is time to, uh, 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 you know, to kick them while they're down. So my related second question is, Am I allowed to sue Jim Dolan for bes- literally besmirching my last name? Yeah, I mean, you were the first, you were the only Dolan I knew <laughs> from 98 until 2000, until 2000, maybe 2001. And it was James Dolan's name. And I was like, ha ha ha, that guy's got Andy's name. Yeah. Ha ha, that guy's got Dolan's name. And now this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sue him, take up his time in court, uh, you, you know, uh, waste all his hours of the frivolous lawsuit. It keeps him out of playing music and it keeps him away from, uh, uh, yelling at 20 to 30 year old, uh, Madison square garden workers. He'll be too caught up in this, this Andy Dolan case. So, uh, yeah, unleash it, man. Unleash it. That guy's a jerk. I will do it. If, if during the deposition, I'm allowed to have Charles Oakley, just <laughs> Charles and I just sit across the table from him just to make him squirm. The one saving grace of that is that my brother's name is Jim. So I, it, it brings me incredible amounts of joy when I read headlines about, you know, what a moron Jim Dolan is. I just want to cut him out and send him to my brother and go, <laughs> sucks to be you. But that's, uh, that's too bad. So we need more people referring to him, <clears throat> excuse me, as the informal Jim. I'm going to try to hop on that. He'll at yeah. least have some coming. Well, I mean, my brother is James From Dolan. The second arrangement. So Jim Dolan, what a screw up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so he's okay. So so James works just as much. Okay. I just yeah. want to hurt your brother's feelings. Yeah. And I think he he he's really doubled down on the Jim part just to try to throw people off the set. No, no, no. I'm Jim Dolan. Uh, it does bring up a a completely unrelated story about because the other part of that family, the uh, the Charles. There's Charles Dolan. That was Jim Dolan's dad, I think. And then there was Larry. I forget which one was which. Um, But one of them owned the Cleveland Indians. And my mom and dad had a a winter rental house in near Orlando. And um, I was going to be down there visiting them for a week. And um, I asked my dad, I said, well, we should go to some spring training games. And I thought, hey, I'm kind of in the media maybe i can get you know passes or whatever to go to the games so i called around i got a couple of i got a couple pairs of tickets to go see the astros uh in Kissimmee. i got a couple we got a game to go see the royals at what used to be called baseball city which was just this awful weird theme park thing and then two games down in winter haven to see the indians so the day comes to go to the indian game dad and i get in the car we drive down there and we go to a will call and um, the, a very grumpy guy is running Will Call. He's barking at people. He's not looking up. And I walk up to the thing, and he goes, name? And I go, Dolan. And he immediately sits up straighter and goes, he looks at the tickets, goes, just a second. And he walks out of the ticket booth. And Dad and I are like, oh, crap. You know, there must be something wrong with the, the tickets. And... A woman comes around and says, um, has the tickets. She's looking at him. She goes, are you, are you Andy Dolan? And I'm like, yeah. And this is my dad, Mike. She says, oh, it's great to meet you. And they take us down and we, they sit us right behind home plate. And they're like, can we get you anything? And I'm like, well, what do you, yeah, you want a beer? Sure. So they bring us beer. It took us to like the third inning to figure out. They thought we were those, they, we thought they were, they thought we were part of the family. So they were giving us VIP treatment inadvertently, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, so we had that going for us, which was nice. Uh-oh. You there, Kelly? Okay, so not only we're getting the VIP treatment, but then we're sitting in the stands... And I look over, and I there's a guy in in full uniform, like like the Indians version of Ronnie Woo Woo, 
And I'm like, hey, Dad, look at that guy. And Dad's like, hey, that's the guy in a Bob Feller. Hey, that's Bob Feller. So Bob Feller, Hall of Fame pitcher, was in the stands in full uniform. I, I don't think he had spikes on, but he had everything else. And uh, it's like, man, that's that appears to be the only way Bob Feller can let people know I'm here, and you should have me sign autographs for things. But uh, it's, it's the only way I know to dress. <laughs> it's oh, the only, cl- only clean clothes head. he had. Oh, Did he course. have a cap? Oh yes, he had. I mean, he had a new. They'd given him a new. He didn't have his old uniform on. That would have been something. <laughs> He's got a uniform from the fifties on. Now he had. They'd given him a nice new uniform. He had his name, uh-huh. you know, sewn in the back. He looked good. And of course, Dad went over and talked to him for like, you know, ten minutes. So that was. Oh, fun. cool. I mean, I guess you gotta. He's put on the uniform for you. <laughs> He's stumbling his way through stirrups at age 102. <laughs> He's putting on the show. You at least need to go watch it for a little bit. Um, so, I, I've, I realize that I root against the Celtics for one really bad reason every year, and it's just that them winning makes Bill Simmons happy. So I root against them. Hmm. Um, but are the, I mean, I assume, well, I don't know. You're the expert. You tell me. Are the Bucks still the best team in the East? Yeah, because they'll try to be. <clears throat> because Mike Budenholzer, their coach, is going to go after win after win after win. And and they lost Malcolm Brogdon, their point guard, who was really good last year. Yeah. Just sort of Dennis, modern Dennis Johnson thing going on. And, uh, but, it may not matter because Giannis and and their bench is thick and and so they're going to go after it. Boston's Boston's weird. Gordon Hayward wasn't terrible at the end of last year, but it's just they they stocked up. They have players. Kemba Walker can play basketball. He can win games in a in a <clears throat> orthodox fashion. It's just as Brad Stevens going to put down his his genius outfit and and actually you know run basic pick and roll basketball for for a guy that was scoring twenty six a game by playing pick and roll basketball year so Boston's still got players they still got options and and uh, Marcus Smart is crazy he won't let them lose so with the Nets I mean obviously they they were more than willing to well I think they probably think Kyrie's Kyrie is a great player he comes with a lot of Kyrie-ness that you have to deal with and they're not gonna they weren't gonna get Kevin Durant without him but isn't the fact that they're going to have to play one entire season with Kyrie as um, ostensibly the leader like the worst-case scenario for that long term? Oh, shoot. Oh, you're back. I, I got that. you. Oh, yeah, I hear you. I'm sorry. Worst-case scenario for, for KD having to leave them or for... Kyrie having to well, lead him by a I, did, I didn't ask. I didn't ask that very intelligently. Oh. Um, it just seems like if if that Kyrie thing is going to work long term, you really need it from the very beginning for it to be him and KD together. So you don't get a whole season of Kyrie getting, you know, being the under, in his own mind at least. Or maybe he always is the undisputed alpha in his mind. But, you know, it, it always seems like in the short term it works with Kyrie, and then the longer he's there – the more he just wants to do things his way, and and with Katie stuck on the sidelines for a year, maybe I'm overthinking this. No, just, you're not, because it, he's he's super weird. It may not even have to be an alpha male thing. It may just be he needs someone to take the brunt of the questions, and Durant's not going to be there in the locker room every game. It could it could be a million different things with Kyrie, or it just could be him having to play way too much basketball and all those screws in his knees yeah. popping out because he's been playing deep into June since for the last five years. So, but yeah, it's a weird, it's a, it's a weird setup. But then again, I mean, we thought the Warriors were going to be rough bringing KD in and then all they had to do is watch him play basketball for a little bit. Yeah. So is, is Kyrie going to be that way? So I, I don't know. He's so weird. You just, you can't tell. I don't know what's going to, what's going to uh, mitigate his, his, his vision from, from, uh, from month to month. He had a rough year last year. He said his grandfather, or if I'm remembering it correctly, remember his family passed away. Before the season started, he clearly was not impressed with the way the rest of his team was advancing, but he did work hard and try hard. It's just, I'm honestly more worried about the knee situation yeah. than I am him trying to, I mean, he's, he's, he's getting on in years, Andy. Yeah. Cause I, I, it, I see that pair, that, that pair can work. 
I mean, there's two really, really talented guys. It just worries me. If I were the Nets, it would worry me that you've got a year of Kyrie without KD where Kyrie can kind of, like you said, have he has to be the focal point of stuff on and off the court. And off the court is the part where he gets bored, I think. Um, but he's got it gives him a season to kind of wear out his teammates before KD mm-hmm. is there to kind of share the brunt of the wearing out of the teammates. <laughs> but it's I not think like what if Kyrie meant to say, guys, was yes. But it's not like if you're the Nets, you were going to say no to any part of that. I mean, you wanted Durant even after the injury, you still wanted him. And if getting him meant you got Kyrie, who is this really good player, you weren't going to say no. But I just think that it, it's 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 going to be fascinating to watch that try to play out over the next two years, not even just over the first year. I, I would think it, without question, it's going to look great in January. You know, the Kyrie part, like, oh, my God, he's amazing. Because yeah. the beginning of him is always that way. It's what happens after that. Yeah, or a, a, a year from January when they maybe like the best team in the East and Durant's on his way to the MVP and he's getting a little chafy. It's he's it's it's odd. It's very odd. It's it's but again, like these teams are competitors. The the Sean Marks, the guy that put the Nets together, he's a competitor. He thinks he can be the one. Kenny Atkinson, the coach there, thinks he can be the one. And uh, you know, it's not like. Kyrie was was a cancer. It's not like he was he was unstable in the locker room. It's not like he was hogging it or doing terrible things on the court. He was just clearly sort of fractured last year, and uh, uh, I just hope Durant's there as much as possible. I think that's a weird thing to want to put him in a plane and make him go to Memphis in in February. But uh, you know, maybe that's that's part of it. But I don't know. These dudes have to deal with stuff that I'll never know. I just kind of wish. Durant would stop answering people on Twitter. That seems mm-hmm. like that those could be hours wasted in so many other ways. I, I hear the video games are great these days. <laughs> I mean, ah, that's that's it. Just seems like uh, yeah, we we should find something else to do on his afternoons. So I think the biggest question in the West, maybe you agree with me, is does Buddy Heald know the NBA has a dental plan? <laughs> it just always makes me wonder. I mean, it, here's the deal. He's nervous that if he uh, uh, gets his teeth altered, that he won't be able to sing as well as he, he, <laughs> yeah, he, he like, always has. Like when Barry Manilow broke his nose and freaked out because he, thought, uh, oh, he thought, his, thought his career was over. It was all over because yeah, poor Barry. He, he sniffs terrible songs out of someone's butthole. That's that's how, <laughs> hey, Diane Warren, let me, let me, ah, stuff that you wouldn't write. I'm sorry. He, he's, he, he was an early... Uh, 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 he he was one of the first to adopt the uh, hey no one has to gets to make eye contact with the superstar policy in his writers, so so well before everyone else figured out that they could get the the the, the working day people to to do that, uh, Barry was strutting around in the early seventies going nope nope no icon nope 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 look it's on the paper. I'm the opposite. I have uh, con- you have to have constant eye contact. You're not allowed to look away. We're just going to lock eyes the entire time, and nobody's. After a while, nobody's going to feel uncomfortable. Is that how? Does that work? Is that how that works? That's, that's how, that's how, how that's you how write amazing songs. So I don't know how Barry Manilow got away with it all yeah. these years. You have to. That's how Lennon McCartney did it. Just staring at each other for hours on end on speed pills in Germany somewhere. <laughs> uh, so the, I'm, fa- I'm I'm fascinated. I'm using that word way too much, but I'm very interested in. The, in the Warriors this year, um, you know, if we hadn't had the unfortunate, um, you know, Clay Thompson ACL, and assuming they put that team together the same way they did, you know, they, people would be talking about how, you know, they'd really be able to make a run at it without KD. But even, you know, we don't know when he's going to come back. We don't know, and if we don't, and if Clay does come back, we don't know how much they're going to get out of him. But I think it's going to be really. I guess I'm asking terrible questions again. For Warriors fans, of Warriors. for Warriors fans who've been spoiled by having just this unbelievable team the last few years, I would think this would be a, a fun season because yeah. it's still a good team. The expectations are down, but then you've kind of got the cavalry maybe arriving towards the end of the season, and you might look up and go, yeah, "Damn, we're pretty damn good." Plus, options to move. They they picked up D'Angelo Russell. All-star last year, although I don't really know how with the Nets. Sign and trade for Durant. 
and he can score and shoot from really far away and keep games interesting at at at, at ten forty five at night. Uh, he's 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 terrible for that team and perfect for the team. And like you said, there could be an underdog story. And what's going to be best for Warrior fans, God bless them out there in their, their Silicon Valley, is that Steph's probably going to shoot for an MVP this year. And he's going to be have he's probably going to have one of those crazy outsized efficient seasons and a billion points and and uh, you know put him, himself in the ring again. And it's going to be it's 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 not going to be a giant fu to Durant because. You kind of feel like they acknowledge their whole side in it, seeing as how they still employ Draymond Green after he <laughs> just treated Durant like like doo doo for <laughs> two years. But yeah, they're they're gonna be a fun team. They're gonna be they're gonna it, it's 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 weird that we all go to that Clay Thompson thing first when we talk about the Warriors because Durant just felt like an ex Warrior like three months or three years ago, whereas it's just like you know there yeah there's something oh but Thompson. But people people handle ACL tears well these days, I suppose. So come March, they're going to be something. But they're the, it, Russell's tricky. He hit a lot of really tough shots last year in Brooklyn. I don't know if that's that's going to keep up. But but boy, how is he fun to watch? Uh, where do we think the Hornets would finish in the ACC? Third. Oh, I don't see. I don't remember what's in the ACC <laughs> these days because I'm not good with how they align the conferences. Like, is 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 Mississippi State in the ACC these days? Is Pepperdine in there? I don't really know. But as far as the Hornets, I bet they can crack 500 in conference play. Yeah, it's a it's a bad team. It could be a historically bad team. The the awful contracts on that team are a sight to behold. From a guy who somehow managed to buy them without really putting any of his own money into it. You would think he would have been a little more fiscally responsible with the salaries, but maybe not. I mean, every one in every three photos that I see of him, he's surrounded by some alcoholic material, whether it's champagne or tequila or some form of like 120 year old rum that he's bringing into a hotel room somewhere. So, I mean, I'm not saying this completely explains Nicholas Batum, but it explains at least the last year of it. <laughs> they signed Terry Rozier, who's not good, who's 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 not going to be good at this. They they weren't just like, well, we'll keep Kemba Walker, we'll take get rid of him, get rid of his salary, we'll have a nice start over, we'll forget some. No, let's sign Terry Rozier and make sure we're going to pay him almost eighteen million dollars in three years to to shoot forty percent and cause trouble in the locker room. Tyrus Thomas, but with the ball. Are we sure that, that, um, MJ actually watches games? Oh, he does. It's just, you know, the second half is a lot different than the first half with him. So it's, that can go, that can swing both ways. <laughs> That's right. If you're a, if you're a first 18, 24 minute guy, yeah. when Michael wakes up in the morning, he remembers you had a good game. He seems to be obsessed with anyone who's ever grown up in a suburb or anyone who's gone to North Carolina or athletic swingmen. So he's basically finding different versions of himself and failing because you can't mix Marvin Williams and Cody Zeller together. It just doesn't work. I mean, if I were a GM, I would be calling him. I would be calling him up and offering him Walter Davis every day. Even though I Walter hasn't played in the NBA for thirty years, that's a guy MJ would want to trade for all the I'm time. I'm so glad they didn't trade for Walter Davis. <laughs> I'm so glad. And did, how about your butterfly effects? That that would have been terrible. Yeah. And you wanted MJ learn nothing from Jerry Krause? I mean, does he even does he pay any attention to the size of these players' moms' hands? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we know that's I bet the that's key the thing. I bet they totally do have all huge mom hands. They could team. be. I bet every last one of them does. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 weird how Phil Jackson went to Los Angeles and immediately trade made Mitch Kupchak trade for Jerry Krause players for five years. Jerry Krause type of players, that is to say, some of them not good. Then MJ hired Mitch Kupchak. It's a it's a vicious cycle that the that Krause is going with here. It's the guy that didn't scout Pau Gasol in the two thousand one draft. We were, we were talking before about the, the Bulls constantly 
making trades either too late or just the wrong one. So maybe the last timely trade was Will Purdue. And that would be, that was a long time ago. 95, October 95. Well, the Jalen run Rose one, I think that's fair. You want to give it a while, but I think that, I, I think that's a winner for Indiana. <laughs> With all the all-star games that those guys played in exchange for Jalen Rose. Because he was going to bring it all together like he did at all the other spots he, he was in. They, they just all came out of there loving Jalen. Yeah, they, they, they make bad trades. They, 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 they've had it. And they also scout like Krauss. They get the best puppies in there. They get the best all-around guys in there. It's just... Uh... Their thing is they're going to have to like you said, with Otto Porter, they they have to treat themselves like they're playing out of Memphis because for some reason no one wants to come to Chicago because it's such a second-rate organization. And in spite of them signing Shaq, it's 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 a it's a bad scene. But at least this year it's going to be good basketball. Well, let's hope because we've God knows we've seen enough bad basketball. Um. Well, I think we've I think we hit it all as far as I can tell um if and if you missed it then you're gonna be uh, n- n- no fear i think the nba is on eight days a week this year <laughs> on the various outlets and channels and, and wherever they're trying to get to you on your phones and everywhere else so don't worry about missing out well so uh kelly i really appreciate you uh coming on this was a lot of fun it was fun to catch up it was fun to talk anything with you um so again, for people who made it all the way to the end of the podcast, um, they could find you at tsa.substack.com. That's it. Um, for for the low low price of five dollars a month, you get all the stuff. And I I go for the ten dollar one so that I can access the Slack, which I always forget is there, uh, but I still think it's completely worth it. So uh, hey, thanks for being on, man. Yeah, no, it's 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 a fun season, but it's also stupid. It's way too long NBA seasons. So we just try to make it the joke that it is until the playoffs come, and then we take it seriously. And hopefully I reflect those values at at the second arrangement. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Andy, this was dope. Thanks for having me on. I'm, 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 I'm very excited for this goofy year of basketball.